The text I'll be reading from is 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm only going to read verses 20 and 21. The full passage is 19 through 25. Actually, the full passage is the whole letter, but um, today we'll just do verses 20 and 21. So I'm going to read that and then uh, share a few words with you, and then we'll move into a time of communion together. So verse 20, Peter writes, For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure? This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. So, briefly, uh, what Peter is referencing here is the difference between uh, like virtue signaling and living out our faith, like truly living instead of just telling people either how to live or how we're living. And so he goes right to the heart of what it means to live out um, your faith in difficult situations. Um, Words do matter, of course, uh, but we are mostly watching how people act and how people live. Um, so I haven't had a chance to read through all of the shows you've been binge-watching binge <laughs> during uh, this quarantine, but for me, what happens is I start watching a YouTube clip, and then there's a suggestion, and then I watch that, and then I watch the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and then it's like 24 days later, uh, and I'm deep into uh, behind the scenes on the Karate Kid. Uh, which is true. And so I've actually been watching a lot of behind the scenes on the Karate Kid, the first movie, not the one with uh, Will Smith's kid. Um, and it's it reminded me of this friend I had, and I think I was in middle school, but uh, he walked around with these like weird pants on and he had weird shoes. and um, And we were friends and he would tell me that the shoes he were wearing was wearing were uh, ninja shoes and the pants he was, was wearing were ninja pants, uh, whatever ninja pants are. And so, uh, basically he was saying he was a ninja and I didn't think that was a real thing. And then he said, no, 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 I take ninjutsu. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's the real thing. And he brought his uniform one day and showed it to me and it was really cool. Uh, but he constantly talked about this and I got to the point where I just thought, this guy can do what ninjas do. He can climb walls. He can beat up anybody. Uh, he can take care of a crime. Uh, if there's a crime being committed, he can just, you know, get rid of all the bad guys. Things that you think that ninjas did in junior high. And so I would say for a solid year, he uh, sort of held up this story uh, that he was a ninja. And he would, like, teach us things, you know. <laughs> he would teach us how to do ninja moves, and whether they were real or not, we didn't know, but they seemed real. They looked good. And then, uh, one day, we were outside, and he got into an argument with a couple of people, and then uh, then it focused on just him and another person, and then it started to get a little physical, and I thought, no big deal. He's a ninja. And what happened next was really a lesson in life. Uh, he assumed the ninja position, 
And then the redneck who he was fighting with or about to fight with basically obliterated him in front of my face. Uh, took him down in a matter of seconds. And I thought, not a really good ninja. Um, and it turned out that he was really just signaling that he was a ninja, uh, that he took ninjutsu, that he was really involved in that when he wasn't. He just had the equipment. He just had the uniform. He had the throwing stars. He had the shoes. He had the mask. Uh, but he had really never been a part of anything like uh, like a legitimate ninjutsu class. Um, and I just thought that was just such a, an apt example of what Peter is getting at here is, look, you can talk about your faith, you can signal your faith uh, and your convictions about Christ, or you can genuinely live them out and let your actions speak for themselves. Um, you know, there's the famous line from St. Francis that uh, we should preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. It's a very powerful uh, quotation, whether or not he said it doesn't really matter. It's a, that's a very powerful thing to say. And when we think about faith, we normally think about things like beliefs and convictions. Uh, but in the Jesus tradition and in early Christianity, uh, words don't really matter unless there are actions that go with it or with them. Faith is not just something that's audible, but it's three-dimensional. Um, it's validated not in what I say or believe, but in how I live. Um, I was on a call yesterday with Bread Coffee House, which is one of the ministries that we support as a church at Emory University. And, you know, they have a phrase that when talk is cheap, that hospitality is their sermon. And uh, it's another well-said um, mantra about faith is lived out in how we act. And um, so that's, that's a lead into what Peter is talking about. Now, let me give you some background because it is a little bit complicated. In this part of the letter, Peter shifts his attention to, uh, towards those who were living at the lowest uh, class system in the Greco-Roman system, which was a household servant, an ancient form of institutionalized slavery. And slavery, and I can't emphasize this enough, slavery in the Greco-Roman system literally held society together. Um, all of society's economics depended on the work of people in the lowest class. Um, and because of this, the idea of even eradicating such a system uh, was not very mainstream as a thought and as an idea. And if it were to happen, it would be a very, very slow process. Now, we know historically that Christianity did play a part in that. They played a part in trying to free and, uh, people from those situations and to work subversively to create an equal playing field for all people. Um, but in our passage today, Peter doesn't really attempt to overthrow the machine. Rather, what he does is he whispers some instructions to those who had no authority to determine their outcome in life. And his advice was this, and I'm just restating it. He basically is saying to these people, look, if you're going to suffer in life, and you will, let it be because you were caught doing something good and just. All of us will go through suffering uh, at some level. And what Peter is encouraging is that, hey, if you're going to get in trouble, if you're going to get, uh, if you're going to suffer for your actions, let it be because you did something good and just. 
And though Peter was speaking directly to uh, the servants of these households, he's also speaking, was speaking generally to all believers in Christ because they too were also experiencing various levels of outcasting, of suffering, and persecution. So in a subversive way, Peter holds up those at the bottom, these slaves, and uses their actions as an example uh, to the rest of those in the community. It's a very beautiful picture. But Peter just raises a good question. If you get beaten for doing the wrong thing and you endure that suffering, who cares? But if you endure suffering for doing good things, then that's a gracious thing in the sight of God, he says. That's the example uh, that Christ <coughs> gives us in his life and ministry. There's a letter, a uh, second century letter, um, entitled The Letter to Diognetus. It's an apologetic letter, which means it's a defense of uh, the Christian community. And I want to read a portion of this letter. The writer says, <clears throat> For Christians are no different from other people in terms of their country, language, or customs. Nowhere do they inhabit cities of their own. They don't use a strange dialect or live life out of the ordinary. They live in their respective countries, but only as resident aliens. They participate in all things as citizens, and they endure all things as foreigners. Every foreign territory is a homeland for them. Every homeland, a foreign territory. They marry like everyone else and have children, but they do not expose them once they are born. <clears throat> they share their meals, but not their sexual partners. They are found in the flesh, but do not live according to the flesh. They live on earth, but participate in the life of heaven. They are obedient to the laws that have been made, and by their own lives they supersede the laws. <clears throat> they love everyone and are persecuted by all. They are not understood, and they are condemned. They are put to death and made alive. They are impoverished and make many rich. They lack all things and abound in everything. They are dishonored, and they are exalted in their dishonors. Sorry, my throat is dry. Um, <clears throat> in all of our readings this morning, you probably picked up on a couple of themes. Uh, one was community that the early Christians were involved in a really special kind of community. Uh, another theme we picked up was care, especially in Psalm 23, where the Lord cares for us. Uh, in the Jesus text, the gospel text, we, we have this invitation to trust him uh, and to give our lives to him so that we may live abundantly. And in the Peter passage here, all of that comes together in this, let's take <coughs> and live outwardly this faith that we have. I want to reread Acts 2:42 through 47 again that was read at the top of our service. Um, so I'm so sorry that I'm coughing. Uh, those who have been baptized devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. <clears throat> all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God 
uh, and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. I want to point out that the growth of the church in this text did not happen because of things that the church said. It happened because of the way the church lived. And I think in our time that we are in currently, uh, a lot of these things in this text are very hard to do outside of our own household. Uh, We're not really gathering yet. We're not really with people like we used to be. But there still are ways, creative ways, that we can uh, be this kind of people. To our neighbors around us, to those in need, uh, we can use our resources to help those in need uh, in various ways. So there still remains um, all sorts of ideas and pathways for us to live out uh, this kind of life. Uh, It's not so much about what we say, but it is so much more about how we live and what we do with our life. And so I want to encourage you, as Peter encourages his audience, that we uh, position ourselves the way Christ positioned himself in the world, which was to suffer for doing good things and to be the kind of people that if we're going to suffer, let it be for the good works that we do. And, uh, and if you've ever served people, there is suffering involved. It doesn't necessarily mean that people uh, persecute you for that. But it is a lonely and tiring place to be. To give of yourself to others can be taxing. And, uh, but this is the kind of life that God is calling us to. So I leave you with that. And um, as an encouragement in the days and weeks ahead.